There's a number. Hey. hey. Hello, everybody. Uh, hello. This is Ross of Roblox and Public Radio. And we're here at Gen Con 2016 at our Patreon for Creators panel. Um, we are. Uh, we have a lot of nice swag from Patreon. Refrigerator magnets, pins, and uh, sunglasses. The picnic blankets. They went all, fast. They went fast. Because uh, <laughs> uh, Patreon is a very nice thing. Um, and for posterity's sake, for the people listening after the con, do you want to give our names really quick just so they yes. know who we are? Please introduce yourself. All right. I'm Fost. My show is Thrilling Intent. Uh, there's a guy in the audience right there. That guy, uh, Jay. He is uh, the GM and editor for it. Uh, Thrilling Intent is a fantasy tabletop YouTube series that is partially animated. Uh, and that's my thing. And you, to my hi. left. Yes, uh, hi, I'm Matt Campen. Uh, I run The Drunk and the Ugly. Uh, it is a uh, once-weekly actual play podcast. Uh, you can find it on uh, Google Play Store and, uh, and the iTunes Store. Um, I also run, uh, we also, on all the social medias at The Drunk and Ugly, um, we're on Tumblr at, uh, I can't remember what Tumblr is. That's great there. Um, Drunkandugly.tumblr.com. And there was one you mentioned I was yeah. really interested in. Uh, we also have, uh, yes. Grinder. <laughs> yes, we're also on Grinder. No, <laughs> look, look for us. We're, yeah, we're, we're, on, we're in the hidden Grinder. No, we're, we're on Dark Friendster. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I also run a, uh, I also run a show with, uh, one of our, with one of the people from The Drunk and the Ugly. Uh, it's called Ugly Talk. Uh, that's on uh, that's on Libsyn. You can also find that on the you can also find that on iTunes. You can't find it on Google Play because Libsyn and Google Play aren't getting along really well. But that is a uh, that is a once monthly discussion uh, like panel discussion show where we bring on a guest and we talk about uh, integrating role playing games with other kinds of media. So like, hmm. how do you translate video games to role playing games? How do you translate movies to role playing games? How do you translate like the themes of like. J.J. Abrams uh, remaking Star Wars to how you're going to remake Star Wars. <laughs> nice. All right. Uh, so uh, we're here to talk about Patreon because we've all, three of us, had experience with Patreon. We either have current ones or have had uh, ones in the past. And yeah. so we can give you some advice on what uh, Patreon is, uh, how to use it, and what it's not for, uh, and what it is for. It's uh, not for smuggling money. Uh, I can, I can yes. say that from experience. And also how okay. not to use it. I kind of want to hear more about that. Uh, I can't. T- I can't say more. Sorry. <laughs> um, so yeah, Patreon in uh, overall is a crowdfunding website, and crowdfunding is obviously just getting money directly from the people who want your stuff. There's no um, like Kickstarter, but unlike Kickstarter, uh, Patreon is set up to be an ongo for ongoing projects. So the the base system uses uh, creator set up an account, and they either set up like uh, some sort of increment per. Uh, per bonding. week, per month, per um, a piece of content released. Yeah, uh, it allows the creator to set whenever uh, they think uh, that their donors should be charged. Uh, and there are, I think, there are some more, some better ones out there, and we'll probably get into that later. But. Yeah, um, Patreon was just sort of like the first sort of like ongoing crowdfunding effort. What's well, the first serious one? I mean, they're they're probably they're. Pro- I yeah, mean, it's, it's the first one that caught on. Yeah, the first yeah. one that caught on. It's the Kickstarter of ongoing crowdfunding. Yeah. Um, and so it's you know if you're doing a Kickstarter for a concrete one one off thing like a book or a movie that makes more sense. But a lot of creative people have ongoing projects, whether that's uh, like we all do podcasts or you you know similar kind of things. Um, serial programs. Yeah, serial programming. Yeah, that's yeah. the best way to put it. Uh, or if you have a webcomic, or if you want to do tutorials, or you know, a series. I've seen of some people just do for art, like even yeah. if it isn't like a continuing series, it's just help me make more art. That's true. Yeah. 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 Um, and the main reason why people will back a Patreon, there are actually two major reasons. One, 
the more practical one is that Patreon allows you to set up essentially a paywall system where you only you release content, digital content, uh, through Patreon that a person has to pay a certain level in order to access uh, through their app or download or something like that. So, like for example, I create RPPR creates bonus podcasts that you can only download through the Patreon site if you uh, contribute at least two dollars a month for. Um, and that's that's the one way. But the main way, actually, the, the way that Patreon started was just as a way for people to show their support yeah. for an ongoing thing. It was well, patronage. A, I mean, that that's what it is. It's a new viable source of income for creators. Yeah, and it's made uh, making a living as a creator much more easy. Uh, yeah. You don't have to rely on like freelance work, or you don't have to sign with a bigger company while doing your thing on the side. It's, or you don't have to put a donation button and yeah. hope somebody clicks it. Exactly. Please yeah. send it's me It's a better way to set up uh, yeah. donations. But like, there are people, I support like 15 or 16 people on Patreon. Um, and there are some that I don't get anything from in particular. I just support what they're doing. Yeah. Like, uh, one I do is uh, actually going to be a very useful re- tool for all of you who use it is uh, Graphitron, uh, which tracks and measures uh, Patreon, like uh, users, like how much money is being made on Patreon right now, who are the most popular creators on Patreon, who's been going up, who's been going down. So it, it's kind of like kick track, if you've heard of that for Kickstarter, um, but for Patreon. So you can see that. So I just support them because I want... It's a useful tool. It's a useful yeah. tool. You can see, you can even filter out the not safe for work uh, one, so you can see who's making the most money outside of the porn guys. Uh, Which is funny because if you read Patreon's uh, terms of service, they actually say that you're not allowed to create uh, porn Patreons. Yeah, but then they're kind of like, well, it's called erotic art. It's not for <laughs> you. It's yeah, it's more, it's more, it's more a CYA part of the contract. Yeah. Uh, well, because payment processors really don't like it. PayPal doesn't like it. In yeah. um, so Patreon makes their money by taking a cut out of your work, and then credit card processors take a cut out of your work. Yeah, it's like so, 15%. Yeah, well, um, 10 to 15%. I think it varies. Uh, and one thing I'll also keep in mind, that Patreon is a new service, so they're constantly kind of changing and revising the service. So it used to be like you they would show the, the gross amount of work right. um, that you'd be making, but now they've changed it to the net. So like... If you're in the old system, if you're making, if it said you made two thousand dollars a month, that's before they take their cut. Yeah. If you see that two thousand dollars a month, that's after Patreon and everyone yeah. else gets their cut. That's actually what their creator is receiving. Um, so yeah, so I guess we could just go talk about our experiences overall with it. So okay, uh, yeah. third wheel, yeah. Uh, our experience was uh, we'd been asked a couple times for like a way to be for people to show their support. And we were just like, no, no, it's fine, it's fine. But eventually we caved, and we made one. And we're like, oh, yeah, we'll set up a Patreon with maybe two goals, $75 milestone, $100 milestone. And we're like, we'll maybe hit the $100 milestone in seven months. (laughs) Boy, howdy. What an experience that was. Uh, We did a live stream, uh, day of the Patreon going up, just to promote it. Uh, I think we blew past like $700 in the first, like, couple hours. Uh, so we were completely taken aback by how generous everybody was. Uh, we were very thankful for it. Uh, and our Patreon experience has been a learning one mm-hmm. because we, uh, we don't really have any background in this. We're all self-taught in our respective uh, studies. Uh, and we've tackled mostly... I think uh, the presentation is something in particular that we have a pretty good handle on. Uh, the way we have our Patreon organized is... You can set donation tiers that people can donate at, like $1, $5, $10, etc. And for each tier, you can uh, add incentives, like we'll do a reading for you and send it to you. 
uh, or we'll draw you some art, or uh, we'll name a character in the show after this. Uh, and uh, in addition to that, each tier that we have has uh, an accompanying piece of art uh, that is related to the name of the tier, just to sort of like be an eye-catch for people. And I think that's really important, uh, having something nice to look at on all of the tiers, mm-hmm. uh, just because it adds, A, it can help uh, tie together the Patreon with, your, with the like, flavor and style of whatever you're trying to create. Say, for like uh, Delta Green, uh, if they, yeah. had, they have a Patreon, actually. Uh, Dennis Detwiller does. Dennis Detwiller does. one of the creators of uh, But an example would be, if he had different like, donation tiers, he could do like, uh, different uh, uh, creatures from the Cthulhu Mythos, mm-hmm. uh, just as an eye-catch. Um, and... Uh, gosh, yeah, that's, that's, I think, been the biggest part. Like, presentation. Figuring out how to present all of the information that we have in yeah. a way that is easy to understand and also nice to look at. Uh, many an hour has been spent arguing about that. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's, it, that, that's the thing. Crowdfunding in general is very new, and Patreon is even newer. It's only been yeah. taking off in popular, popularity in the last two years. Yeah. Um, so it's a brave new world. There are, like, people who claim to be experts are, well... They have had a whopping year experience over you. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, there are general generalities that you can sort of rely on in terms of, like, what I can do to make people want to give me money. Uh, but um, there's no exact science. There's no, like, formula, magic formula that you have to do it in this way to succeed. Right. Uh, there's a lot of variation in successful uh, patrons about what they do and what they give back to the people who give yeah. them money. And you know, some of them are like, meh, whatever, give me something and maybe I'll do something. And they still get like five or $30,000 a month or something yeah. like that. And then there's people who give tons of content out and then they get very little. It's, it's really weird, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, ours uh, started because uh, we wanted, uh, we actually started our Patreon up because uh, we wanted to get better recording equipment because um, at the time everybody was just using whatever they had and so our sound quality was incredibly <laughs> variable. And so we set out and like came up with came up with a budget, figured out a figured out an affordable microphone that would work for everybody, and figured out about how much money we needed, and set up a yeah. uh, set up a like a it ours was uh, it started as sort of like somewhere on Kickstarter, but we wanted to do it in installments instead of like one lump sum. Yeah, instead of one lump sum because it was gonna be. Because, um, like, just doing a Kickstarter for, hey, give us better, like, let us get better microphones isn't going to, like, sell too well because there's not a lot that's coming back. But if you give it, if you, uh, so we, we kind of set it out as uh, in donation tiers of, like, um, I think it was $1, 5 10 $20, mm-hmm. um, which was $1 was, like, hey, we'll mention you in, we'll mention you in the show. And then $5 was, We'll give you uh, a bunch of we'll give you a bunch of uh, episodes that we weren't going to air. <laughs> a bunch of episodes. <laughs> so you get you get four extra episodes a month. They're they're not they're they're not the best stuff. But if you really want to listen to more podcasts, there's more podcasts. You're not there. doing a great job of selling that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, people hey people liked it. Yeah. Ten dollars a month, and then ten dollars a month was uh, I think uh, yeah ten dollars a month was uh, you can take part in a you can take part in a Skype game. And then yeah, I can't remember what twenty dollars a month was now. Um, uh, but uh, we, but uh, yeah, so we had um, we had plenty of people uh, actually sign up there, um, and we ran into uh, similar to Faust, we ran into problems of uh, not 
quite knowing exactly what we're getting into. Like, one of the things was we wanted to have... So, like, Patreon also, similar to Kickstarter, has, like, stretch goals. They call them yeah. milestones. Yeah, they stones. call them milestones. But the thing is that uh, it's very specific on Patreon. Like, we wanted to have a specific milestone that we do something when our goal of, like, get, like, $700 so we can buy all these new microphones got met. But you can't do that if you set up a monthly plan. Because yeah. monthly plans have monthly milestones. Yeah. So for a long time, we had this... We, we didn't quite realize that at first. So for, like, a couple months, we had this milestone of, like, if we make $700 a month, then we'll do this. Um, and I don't think Kickstarter... Or not Kickstarter. Patreon still hasn't actually implemented a, a static goal system for ongoing plans. And I don't know if they're going to, because that's a really specific thing. But so we ended up revising that and setting it to something like, if we have this much a month, then we'll like do a live stream. If we have this much a month, then we'll start writing like additional fiction that's, uh, that's, that's like voted on. Yeah. yeah, and yeah, it seems to be sort of the general. Uh, it seems to be sort of the general template that everybody follows. Um, but the one thing that we didn't consider uh, was like econ- was like economy of scale because we. Uh, we, we set up a thing like, well, uh, if you pay ten dollars a month, then that then you, we will you could be part of a game that we will run once a month, and that was uh, that was doable until we got up to like uh, un- until we got up to like fifteen people yeah. at that level. Yeah, because um, it was just it was just me and one other person running all of the games, and so uh, that was. Uh, it was that and a couple of other things that once we kind of got to our funding goal and got a little bit over it. Uh, we ended up just kind of shutting it down because it was, uh, yeah, trying trying to come up with new and original games and like I've, people backed us because they or people people became our patrons because they liked our content. But there was still this ongoing pressure to us, like, okay, people are paying for this game. We need to make a game that's worth paying for every single month, and that yeah. really becomes a, that really becomes a mental strain on you. Uh, yeah, no, it does. Like. Um and I had I, not exa- exactly the same experience, uh, but I, I understand where you're coming from. Yeah, so, you, you did it a lot better in that we'll put you we'll put you in a queue to yeah. be in a game. Yeah. So yeah, for the online games, for the, uh, that's another reward that uh, the RPPR patron has. But in order, I kind of anticipated that problem. So what I did was uh, I would say for ten dollars a month, you can you have the option. Uh, I will post a time where I'm running an online game at this time. There are X number of players available. Uh, if you so the players who haven't played the longest time or who haven't played at all get first priority, and then it that it's a set time. If you don't show up, you don't show up, and you know I don't do anything other than that. I let them uh, and we change. And I've actually now we do three games a month, and I farm it out to other RPPR cast members so that I'm not running games constantly. Uh, and I pay the people on RPPR to run games uh, through the money. And um, so that's worked out better. That's been more sustainable because I, you have to, you want to give them something, but you can't, there are, there is a thing of bending, going too far, uh, bending backwards too much for your patrons. You know, like if they, because again, people, you know, they give you money, but then they forget about something or they don't do, yeah. you know, something like that. So you, you have to really, Think about what's sustainable for you. Yeah, so, I mean, there's only so much time in the day. <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. only so much time in the day, and there's only so much you're going to get back from it. So, like for RPPR, I started it in January 2015, and I thought maybe yeah, five six hundred dollars, and then I got over a thousand, and I was like, oh my god, this is yeah. great. Uh, it was really cool. And um, then this year, uh, and for the one year anniversary, I kind of revamped it because I redid all the rewards because I realized there were some that were easier to follow fulfill than others. 
And some of the simple things are actually really hard to fulfill, like at, you know, saying a player's name or like, hey, th- special thanks to blah, blah, blah for supporting this. Yeah. But when there's 20 or 30 people, you know, uh, keeping track of all that or like, do I say their name every month so it's like five minutes of names at the beginning <laughs> yeah. of every yeah. episode? We got to like, yeah. I think we got to, we would name all the new patrons who had signed up every month and then at the beginning of the year we would name everybody. Yeah. So... Yeah, well, that's fine when you have 20 patrons, but if you have 380 <laughs> yeah. or something, that's a fucking long that's list. That's another podcast that's yeah, started. Podcast. You basically, yeah, you basically who's going to listen to that? Like, the, you basically have to add that the to podcast of names shall yeah. be yeah. read. They, they say a good actor can make a phone book reading interesting. I, yeah, well... Yeah, but, okay. All right, yeah, people, thanks, thanks there, Foster. Hire me out for it. I bet, people, for would, it. Yeah, bet yeah. people would listen to you do the announcer voice of every name. God. Oh. <laughs> um... And actually, so, one thing you mentioned was paying yeah. other cast members. That's yes. a, that was a thing that was useful for us um, to avoid uh, any arguments about money. Is that we actually have a company that has its own account that all of the that all of the Patreon yeah. and Kickstarter money goes to, and that just goes to taking care of the company. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, and that, that you, you you should yeah. Uh, if it's a group project, you need to. Like everyone should contribute to it. You should use that money, um, and that's a legitimate business expense. So you can deduct that from taxes. Yeah, because uh, this is obviously taxable income. You're oh, gonna yeah, have that's... to pay. But we'll get into that. Um, the the main thing I want to get across is like for the one year anniversary, I redid what I was doing. And I like I created a new podcast, uh, Wad the Heck, which was a second bonus podcast. The first year I created, I'm on that. Yeah, you are on that. Uh, where we go over the old world of darkness. Foss knows nothing about it, and I try to explain uh, it to him. I know some things about it. You now. know now, regrettably, things. you you regret that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, blackhand. Um, oh my god. The and then I redid some of the rewards, and uh, what I found is that there are some people like. There's not a big difference between the $10 and the $25 reward. I've experimented with giving out physical rewards and, like, mailing posters to people shipping. as a one-time thing. Uh, yeah, well, shipping, was that was fine. For, if you're backing $25 a month, I can afford to ship you a poster. Uh, but I found out that people who back at that level, there's just, there are, backers will have different motivations for backing. And some will back just to get the rewards that you offer. Some will back because they believe in it, but they'll only do it at a low level. And some people will be like, I really believe in this. I will back at a high level because I re- I, it's not about what I get back. It's because I like what you're doing. Um, and I really support it. So you really need to go out of your... You, you need to be able to accommodate all of these backers and realize uh, they have different motivations for doing so. Um, yeah. So it's about communication with that. So... Um, I think does anybody have any questions about this stuff? Uh, we have yes. Actually, that is a question I have regarding uh, the backers. Do you guys have any stories of like backers getting on your case about something that they didn't like that you did, and how did you guys handle that? <laughs> In that, so one yeah, one Wait, thing is. Uh, do yeah. you want to repeat the question for the recording? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. So do you have any? The, the question that was asked was, do you have any stories about backers uh, kind of getting on your case and um, and you know kind of uh, criticizing, I guess. Or mm-hmm. getting, and that's that's kind of yeah. That was a, that was another thing that happened was uh, some of our uh, some of our patrons um, because now they were effectively investing in the show. Uh, they wanted to have say in they wanted to have say in the show, and we had to actually we had to dedicate a portion of our podcast to basically become our PR team and talk and now communicate with now communicate with backers about their concerns about the show hmm. and. 
had to dedicate our had to had to change our social media presence up because we were very casual before because this was a hobby and we were just doing it and people were listening to it and now we were a thing that had effectively paying customers mm-hmm. and we had to be um, a lot more. I'm not going to say we were ever unprofessional, but we had to be way more professional than we were. Yeah, expectations will definitely change uh, depending on what you're doing. We actually um, had to start uh, running. We actually had to start doing like monthly, like meetings to talk about what we were going to do to kind of restructure the podcast um, and also coordinate with people in the event that we hit uh, in the event that we hit our milestones because we had milestones like we're going to post art. And so, um, and so we had to have meetings where we would negotiate with, uh, we had a lot of artists in house and so we had to talk to them about what they were comfortable doing and what, what rates they were comfortable working at. And, uh, then also since we were running games every month, we had to coordinate with who's running the game, who's doing this reward and that kind of stuff. So it, um, yeah, it'll put in, when you get money, it, it, it becomes, it becomes a job. Oh, well, it was probably a it job becomes before, work. but one yeah. yeah. It becomes work and but it becomes work that you're now paid for, unlike previously. <laughs> and unlike a job, this is work you structure yourself. Like exactly. you are in charge of it, you can structure it however you want. So like the my long standing with RPPR, the reason why I've been able to do it so long, Scott, my foremost concern has always been making this sustainable. It's very, I wouldn't say easy, but it's very tempting to be like, I'm going to create this perfect thing, whether it's a picture or a podcast, a movie or whatever, and I'm going to spend all this time editing it, polishing it, making it perfect. And then you burn out, You and then you think you're going to do this like one every month or whatever, and it, then it takes six months to do one thing, this one perfect thing, and then you don't want to do it anymore because you fucking hate editing or hate polishing it, and you... Uh, and I've seen that a lot. I mean, how many web comics have you seen that have burned out uh, at earlier? How many, uh, like, I'm going to do a web series, I'm going to do this, and then it's just like, done. Done. Fuck yeah. it. So for me, it's always been about sustainable. So whenever you structure your Patreon, make sure you can sustain it for however long. Well, it's um, like this line you need to tread between yeah. making it sustainable and making it worth it for the people who are donating. Well, hopefully what yeah. is sustainable is worth it. I yeah, hope you're not exactly. just fucking, here's a sketch, give me $100. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hopefully it's a little better than that. Uh, but yeah, did you, I, I know like Patreon will, uh, they've been working a lot lately to improve the experience for both uh, creators and patrons. And so they will, uh, they've added tools like a patron exit survey. When someone quits your patron, cancels their pledge, they'll ask them why. And like for me, in my experience, it's been like 90% of the time it's uh, my financial situation has changed. You know, huh. like I lost my job or I have a new, my car broke down or something like that. I can't afford this anymore. Uh, a couple of times I've been like, I don't like what you're doing. And they don't spend. And so for me, like because it's ninety percent my financial situation has changed. I'm like, well, I guess I'm okay. So I'll just keep on keeping on. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, have you had any bad experiences? Uh, no, we haven't had any bad experiences. We've been really lucky. Our fan, uh, ev- everybody in our fan base is just really good, really yeah. amazing people. I mean, if they go to all the effort to pledge, you know, create an account and pledge it, usually they're pretty dedicated. They know yeah. what they they want to. Um, and now Patriot, it used to be that you could pledge. And then get all the content and then cancel oh, your right. pledge before the end of the month. Upfront charging. Yeah, but now, so that people were scamming, people like, oh, I'll just download yeah, all this. It seemed then... to mostly be a problem for artists and yeah. uh, people who just. Like really... the porn artists, yeah, I'll, I'll take <laughs> all these names. Oh, things. those yeah. poor porn artists yeah. earning $30,000 a month. Um, and now, but now Patreon <laughs> will charge you the, for the first month 
uh, whenever you pledge to someone. So you can't just get a bunch Actually, of stuff and then. It's optional. You can turn on upfront charging. Oh, really? Off. Yeah. yeah, but it's, it's on by Once default. you turn it on, it's there. The what? It's on, it's on by default because they, okay. they charge the. And then it like goes into escrow. Yeah. Um, for like five days. Anyways, uh, so I hope that answers your question. We haven't had Yeah, it's been very positive. So I was just kind of just curious, kind of related to, to that as well, but like how, what percentage of your actual like listening audience versus like your actual paying Patreon audience, and how do you gauge which of those audiences to cater more to, if that makes sense? Okay. Oh, no, that's a valid question. Um, it's hard. Oh, so, so, uh, oh, yeah, the question has been what is the percentage of your audience uh, from your existing podcast to Patreon? Uh, who, how many, what percentage of your audience are Patreon backers, essentially, right? Uh, uh, and which one do you cater to? Which one do I cater uh, to? Uh, in our experience, we have uh, Thrilling Intent is a YouTube series, uh, we, so we have a pretty easy way to gauge how many people are watching. Uh, YouTube, despite its faults, uh, has pretty good metrics. Uh, we have about 13,000 subscribers con- uh, currently, uh, which is on the rise. And I think we have about uh, anywhere between five... No, gosh, okay. Well, we have much less than that. M- much fewer yeah. people donating. Like, uh, th- I, I want to say it's like 100 to 500 people donating, uh, if that. Uh, and uh, as far as which one to cater to, uh, we might be an outlier, but I feel like at least for us, we have a pretty specific vision of what we want to do. Uh, and while we very, very much appreciate uh, all of the support, uh, in my opinion, I don't speak for the other three guys that I work with, <laughs> but uh, the best way to cater to both sides is to stick to the vision that we have. Yeah. Uh, that's my experience, too. Uh, RPPR, uh, you know, podcast downloads are kind of hard to measure. I think there's between three and 5,000 constant listeners, subscribers, because uh, that's how much each episode usually gets in the first week of downloading. Uh, we have, last time I checked, like 385, 384 backers on Patreon, so like maybe 10% uh, of that. And yeah, I definitely, like, there's two types of content we produce now. Like, one is the free stuff that everyone gets that I put on the main podcast, Roleplaying Public Radio and RPPR Actual Play, and that has not changed at all in terms of, like, what I do. In terms of stylistically, um, or content, and then there's the stuff I make exclusively for the Patreon backers, and I make it, and that that's definitely different than the main content. We're a lot, we're more free with what we say because we know that only uh, a certain audience is going to get it, and we can be a little, and it's you know, uh, and those two, and that that content's never going to be released to the public too. So yeah, we can be we say whatever we want. Uh, it's fun. Um, so I have not. I've not changed how I do things. Uh, it's just like the Patreon stuff. I, I create had the vision for it, and I create that. And then the main stuff, I haven't changed at all. Because if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know, they signed up for your stuff because of my existing work, uh, because of the existing podcast. So like, why why change that? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, just, yeah, I was just agreeing. Like the it, the people are back. The people are supporting you because they liked what you were making before, and so um, like it. Yeah, so so whatever Patreon content you have, I think like yeah, what Ross was saying, like he didn't change his core podcast because he effectively started a whole new set of media, and well, that was that yeah. was for, that was explicitly for his patrons. There is a, there, I did make some changes to the websites though. Uh, like RPPR now has a really big like donate to Patreon yeah. button. 
Uh, is very subtle. Uh, <laughs> buy my book. Buy my buy back my Patreon. Um, <laughs> and then like Patreon is not is a changing service. They're improving things right uh, all, rapidly, but they're not perfect. They're not a hundred percent. They're there. trying though. They're, they're, they're doing they're, good. They're, they're really trying. Thank you, Patreon. They give us picnic uh, blankets. They give they give us and anyways. Oh yeah. By the way, do you want a pen or sunglasses uh, for oh, your foot? Yeah. Okay. I had to create a separate website after hours.roleplayingpublicradio.com to create an archive of all our exclusive content that people could easily find. Because right now on Patreon, on your creator page, you just have like you just have to scroll down, which is fine when in the first few months. But I've been doing this for like a year and a half now, and so if you want to get something from June 2015. You're just like spending five minutes just scrolling down. Yeah, because you have the There's podcasts, no- and then you also have the you also have I'm running a game, and yeah. here's art, and here's yeah. like here's this. it doesn't organize. Posts, I post basically. about twelve to fifteen things on the Patreon every month, uh, creator posts, and so that's hundreds of posts that they have to scroll back. So I created a separate website to like here's the June 2015 After Hours episode. Here's the link to download the the link right to it, and that was. Uh, um- Similarly, uh, Patreon's messaging service isn't the best. Yeah, uh, we tried to use that to organize our to try and organize our Skype games that we were running. And the thing is, like, it doesn't give you, it doesn't inform you when a, when somebody sent a message, and it doesn't inform everybody else when you've made edits to a major message. So, like, you can't say who's in a game or the game is sold out. So we ended up having to create a separate forum just specifically for like scheduling games and like saying this is where content is so yeah I did a lot of work to make people aware that there was a Patreon for RPPR and that there was all this cool stuff that they could get if they backed it Uh, but I did not so there's a lot of marketing you have to do because like only really plugged in people only really clued in people are even aware Patreon exists there's still like Nine times out of ten, when I talk about to yeah. a normal person about Kickstarter, they're like, "What the fuck is Kickstarter?" No, and that's been around since two thousand nine. That's been my experience. Yeah. Uh, well, granted, I don't live in the most civilized areas, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> you and me both. Yeah. But uh, anytime somebody asks uh, what I do, I'm like, "Oh, it's Patreon," and they're like, "What's that?" It's kick- It's like Kickstarter for ongoing projects. What's Kickstarter? And it's what's you know, crowdfunding. What's yeah. crowdfunding? Yeah. 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 Also, man, if you when it comes to tax season, just tell tell your tax preparer that you do crowdfunding and just kind of listen to the mournful sigh come out. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely get an accountant too if you start making substantial monies on uh, money on Patreon. Not well, one thing that's to one figure out what years in expense because there's a lot you can deduct. Yeah, obviously. One so. thing that is nice about Patreon though is that everything they do, all the money they give to you, the way it's processed, all technically counts as royalties. Yeah. So that just all goes in a specific section of your taxes. Yeah. Which is nice because if you get into like sales tax, that's a nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they're state in that. They're state in that. And also, it, depending on like, well, did you send them a physical thing or did you send them a podcast? Because if you send them a physical thing, it's a sale. But if you send them a podcast episode, you're technically selling a service, which has a different tax rate. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, Laura, actually. Uh, okay, the, the yeah, okay. Uh, the question is, do you have a minimum audience size uh, before launching uh, a Patreon? And I think it, it's kind of a cop out, but it depends on what you're doing because I've seen a lot of people with existing fan bases like our podcasts 
uh, launch and then do that. But I've seen people who weren't really known before, and then what they were doing was so cool that people signed up for it. Like, yeah. uh, for example, I forget, and I can't remember the guy's name off the top of my head, but there's a guy who does like a dungeon map on a two-page spread, and he's an artist, and he does these really crazy, like, fantastical maps and it's like and they're system free so you get every month you just get uh, a map of like here's a floating sky temple with uh, lizard monsters oh. in it and wyverns and blah blah That's blah awesome. yeah no we I mean, use that for the base raiders game oh, oh nice so I showed you the picture of it yeah uh, that was good it was very easy to convert because oh, yeah. there were no uh, uh, I've actually got something to say on this yeah. don't ever underestimate how many people would like to help you uh, that is something that we underestimated uh, and we're blown away uh, I'd say that there isn't really an, a minimum audience size because it doesn't cost you anything to have the Patreon. Yeah. Like, it's just out there. Uh, and if you get it set up uh, and nobody donates, it's still out there and yeah. will eventually start rolling along. Uh, so I think it's nice to have that landing page there for people even if they aren't there when you first make it. But if, if you if you have yeah, if you tell people about your Patreon yeah. and then you have on your creator page something really cool yeah. or something that they like, they'll be like, "Oh, well, then I'll back that." Yeah. Just for the because again, there's two main motives for people who are wanting to back you. People who want the rewards or the people who just believe in you. If exactly. they, and if you don't have any people who believe in you as a like creator, then just show them something cool and then they'll just buy it, yeah. uh, back in it for that cool thing. So, for that awesome adventure or whatever. I'd say they're if you believe, if you personally believe in the work that you're doing, yeah. then there's no minimum audience. So, like if for you, I know you're you're like a writer, so you're like fiction. So if you have like, here's a really cool short story that I did, and then if you want it per short story, then you could do that. Just offer a sample one, and then like do something like that. Just thinking about the opportunity cost of time, because yeah. Well, that's true. It 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 is a risk, uh, and. Uh, in terms of your time. Uh, and that's a valid thing, especially if you have a lot of other opportunities. Um, so you could try and offset that by making a collaborative project, like so, get other people yeah. to work on it. But you also have a podcast too. But yeah. Can you set a maximum number for a particular tier? Yes. Uh, yes. The question is, can you set a maximum number for a particular tier? And it is. You can have early bird ones or limited well, like oh only like if you only want to say like a limited number if you don't want to here's the litany of backers who deserve all the honor you know if you don't want that to be a thousand people long uh, or if you're like mailing out physical things yeah yeah some people do physical rewards and they have a thing on patreon where you can um add a shipping address uh, to your account so then people can get a spreadsheet of addresses because uh, I've experimented with that in the past with like postcards and uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, Laura. Regarding your question, um, I think the thing is, if you want to start it and you're not sure how many people would actually go, if it's a if it's a thing you're doing because you enjoy doing it, and you think that it's worth something, then there's no there's no real downside to you, for you to create it if you feel like if you enjoy creating it, and like if it's something you were going to do anyway for free. Then do it and run the risk of maybe making money. Yeah, and the uh, the time investment, <laughs> the time investment for promoting the Patreon, it can be as big or as little as you want. Uh, and if you have an audience, if you have like a Twitter or a Tumblr or a podcast, a podcast or whatever yeah. else these kids are doing these days, uh, you can just like drop a line like, "Hey, I have a Patreon now. If you'd like to support me, please do." Yeah, because no, you not. might get somebody who's just yeah. like, I just like Laura as a person. I just yeah. think she's great, and I'll just yeah, I'll, I'll send her five bucks every month. So, yeah, uh, that's another thing. So uh, yeah, it's yeah, it, it. I mean, there is that. That's the risk is yeah, it's time wasted, um, which is a valid 
risk or valid concern for some people. So um, you you just have to judge that yourself. So uh, yeah. Uh, other questions uh, in the back as well. Yes, you. <laughs> uh, for, for those of you who have created your own like uh, private uh, <coughs> sites, how are you uh, checking that uh, the person is an active subscriber, and and what happens when they stop subscribing to your service? Are you are you doing anything to prevent them from accessing that premium content in the future? Uh, the question so, is, uh, well, actually, do you want to try? And yeah. Uh, yeah. So the question is for people who are. People who are actively backing, how do you make? How do you track who's actively backing, and what do you do to prevent them from getting premium content when they stop backing at that level? Um, well, Patreon has a good paywall system. You have to be logged into your account, and you have to be an active backer. In, otherwise, it says this this post is locked. You can't see it. You can't download it. Yeah. So the content hosted on Patreon is a is a pretty like Patreon has it has a pretty good paywall system that it's set up itself. Um, but I think the the question was something like uh, like you said you, you made, made up your a, a own premium yeah, site. You, yeah like you made yeah. the archival site for RPPR after hours uh, ever, uh, that is public because that all that does is link to individual Patreon posts so you just you're taken to like the June 2015 episode but if you're not logged in and you're not an active subscriber it says this you can't right. act, yeah no you can right. ho- you can host the audio on yes. Patreon right yeah it's an index site. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just because Patreon doesn't have indexes, it's yeah. terrible at it. And then, uh, yeah. It's not perfect. Yeah. But hopefully they've improved. I've actually had mes- messaged them, and they're actually very responsive. They're, they're, they're a small team. Yeah, they're a small team. They're very nice, too. Like, yeah. I just said, I was, hey, I'm doing a panel on Patreon. Then they sent me all this stuff to give to you because uh, they love us all. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> and then yeah. um, regarding things like, uh, like we had our special like forum for Skype games, and that was just yeah. as simple as... When people when people signed up at that level, uh, we just sent a message saying, like, make an account, uh, make an account on the forum. Tell me what it is, and I'll promote you to be able to see this page. And then uh, Patreon will tell you when your patrons change their pledges, or if or they, they stop canceled. subscribing, yeah. or they, or yeah, or it'll, or if you go to your like backer report, it'll say this person's credit card was declined for like ten months. Um, <laughs> and so, uh, in, in that case, uh, so in that case, like I know who they are because I have the message. There's a the messages are all threaded, so I know who they are, and I can and I could demote them from being able to see that. Or in the case like that forum was just we're scheduling Skype games. So if somebody, you know, if in the case that somebody asked to be in a Skype game but they weren't at that level anymore, like I know who they are on Patreon, and it's mm-hmm. like, well, you're not at that level, so. Sorry, yeah, <laughs> that's uh, a that's a bonus that you aren't paying for anymore. <laughs> yeah, so there's some management of like rewards. You need to sometimes backer or creators will instead of uh, you can upload files to Patreon, uh, but they have limitations. And sometimes it, it's gotten a lot better in the last few months, but last year is kind of buggy. Yeah, uh, yeah. On, on uploading files, and some people are like I can't stream this episode of the podcast from the thing and so sometimes what you'll do is I'll, like I'll upload it to a, a, a cloud service like OneDrive or Google Drive and then put a link in a Patreon only post so somebody might be able to save that post and then keep it and then when they when they cancel their subscription so but yeah, I mean, but that's, I mean, they that, that's a minor they could have downloaded yeah. it so, so uh, and then you also you also run the risk of like you run the very minor risk that somebody might like copy that link and then just paste it publicly somewhere yeah. but like again 
it's yeah, it's not really worth. There's nothing you can do about it. And it's, if it if you if it happens, it's pretty easy to fix by just canceling or deleting that file from Google Drive or whatever. Yeah, like there's um, there's yeah. not really a good way to fight piracy. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, and I wouldn't worry about it. Yeah. I mean, it's just like. That's if you're worried about wasted time. That's that's yeah it. yeah. Trying to fight that is wasting time, and it's also <laughs> billion dollar industries can't do yeah. it. Like I also think it's be, a yeah. pretty small chance that, that it would happen. Yeah yeah yeah. Um, uh, there's another question. Really? Yeah. Or we'll we'll let's see. We'll get you first. We'll just work from left right side. Work through the row. Yeah. Uh, two questions actually. Okay. Uh, first one is if you're trying to pay with the currency other than U.S. dollars, how does Patreon handle? Uh, so the uh, question is, if you're trying to pay with a currency other than U.S. dollars, yeah. how does Patreon handle that? They it handles it automatically. It handles it. They, yeah. yeah, they have credit card processors. That it converts that. it. Just and they even take care of VAT tax for uh, people in Europe. And you can even see how much that the Europeans are having to pay in tax to access your stuff, which is absolutely useless for American creators. But like, all right, good job, Europe. Uh, <laughs> good job. Uh, how, how, the, how much does Patreon take of Patreon takes five percent, but that the, of the, a total amount that you the, remove. Yeah, yeah. So like the amount you see on the page is what the creator is actually getting. So you, if you can, you can reverse engineer it by like adding about ten to fifteen percent because the Patreon takes five, and then the credit card processors take five to ten, depending. I guess. It, uh, I it, think there are two services price. on Patreon as far Stripe as like and Stripe and PayPal. Yeah, and each one charges a different uh, amount. See, yeah. Uh, so, I don't remember off the top of top. But of yeah, my what head. you see on the page is what you're going to get. Mine is del- like every month. There's always going to be some declined pledges. Yeah, at least uh, in my case, it doesn't. Yeah, in our case too. Uh, the amount you see does not factor in declined pledges. And you can yeah. you can look at that on your uh, managed patrons. It'll give you a, it'll give you a monthly total, and you can like. Yeah. That's actually one of the few places where you can filter it, so you can like filter it down to which pledges were declined. And mm-hmm. I think they they do they I think they actually give a reason like why the pledge was denied sometimes yeah sometimes. like ex, like expired credit card or something like yeah. that yeah uh, you had the next question yeah Bree um, so uh, <laughs> um, so you guys all use different uh, like web hosting like you use YouTube, I use YouTube uh, yeah I switch for okay so oh, March I, so web, oh yeah sorry yeah. what web hosting services are there, are there any advantages in using say YouTube as opposed to having your own site. Sure. Uh, I can talk a lot about it because I I had a nightmare. So the question is, uh, we each use different hosting platforms. Uh, Is there an advantage to using our respective hosting platforms? Uh, I use YouTube. Thrilling Intent, we all use YouTube uh, because there's a video component to it. Uh, I have also heard of audio-only podcasts using YouTube and just throwing up a nice static image uh, to look at. Personally, uh, I said it before, uh, YouTube has its faults, but I like it because it's very simple and it's well-known. You have, uh, you're basically tapping and into... it's reliable. It's, well... Well, okay. <laughs> I'll it's, talk about that in more detail. Reliable. It's usually reliable. Usually reliable. I'll talk about that in more detail. Yeah. Uh, um, but you're also tapping into a community of people that have agreed to all watch things uh, and share it with each other. Uh, it's a trusted platform, basically. You're not some like it, it's not a website out there that is like 
uh, some darknet site that's like, watch my podcast, please. Uh, it's not this yeah, weird. No, subscribing place. to all those darknet podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> you know how it is. Uh, anyway, that was my high school synthwave. Darknet podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was Mormon centaurs. <laughs> well, that was my scoff thrash metal uh, oh, right. crossover. He had a lot of bands. Uh, anyway. Uh, I don't have any experience with services outside of YouTube, uh, oh, yeah. I think. Uh, but, um, yeah, personally, I just prefer YouTube because it's very, very simple. Yeah. Very yeah. simple. Uh, I, have, I have a story. Uh, oh, boy. Oh, yeah, you yeah, do yeah, have yeah, a story. Yeah, I do have it's a story. very long story. It is, it, and it's, yeah. Um, it's painful. It is painful. Uh, so, the first thing you think about hosting services is what you're doing, like, in general. Because if you're doing art or text or, like, a PDF or anything, just use Patreon because they can handle those files easily. Uh, the only real time you really have to worry about that is if you're doing uh, a podcast with that's, like, you know, 20 to 100 megs per episode or some other, like, if you, it depends how much data you're transferring to your... Yeah. To your, to your For example, clients. an episode of Thrilling Intent can be anywhere between 5 to 15 gigabytes. Right, but that's Big. all streamed video. Yeah, yeah. So like, they, so that would be expensive to use, like yeah. a third party site. Well, YouTube yeah. just does it. Um, so, Roleplay Belgrado for the, for most of its life has been hosted on uh, a shared hosting plan on Bluehost.com, uh, which is like three hundred dollars a year annually, and, or yeah, obviously annually. Um, and it was okay because we were a small podcast, but we started growing, and the service became more and more unreliable because it's a shared hosting plan. You don't even get. They, they ration your CPU usage, your memory, and they had unlimited storage, but you know, Quote nobody can access it. It doesn't matter how much storage you have. So in March of this year, uh, basically, they reduced my rations. You know, I was a Soviet peasant in the gulag and said, no more bread, comrade. Uh, go out and fight the Nazis, you know, and with a stick. And basically, no one could access the site. Uh, it, it just died. And I panicked for a week. It was totally inaccessible. And so what I did is I um, found I switched to a virtual private server on lithiumhosting.com, and I put all the co- podcasts on a um, an OVH, which has a public cloud storage service. And so I pay like $150 a month now for web hosting, and I use but like three to five terabytes of data a month. Uh, to upload, you know, for people to download stuff. And it's worth it because it's a fuckload more reliable. I do yeah. have a story, too, actually. Yeah. Uh, we have Thrilling Intent is also on iTunes. And we use uh, Podbean. And it's, like, it's similar pricing. Like Podbean is a specialized bucks. podcast host where yeah. you, like, you get so much storage, but they add how much, a they, certain they amount of storage you, every month. Yeah. yeah. And unlimited bandwidth. Uh, Quote, unquote. Okay. Yeah. Go on. Uh, no, it's not okay. unlimited. Whenever they say unlimited, they mean a lot. But, yeah, it's not unlimited. Uh, you will very quickly... For example, we had to upload our entire... Uh, they said there was also no upload limit. But uh, whenever we got Podbean, we had to upload our entire backlog of Thrilling Intent, which was some hundred episodes. Uh, and I got to about... And this is just the audio version of it, right? Or was it no, video? it's video, too. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and I got to about episode 40, and it was like, upload limit for, reached for the month. So, uh, if you see a website advertising that it has unlimited upload and download, it doesn't. Yeah. It does uh, not. So, yeah, what, what kind of content are you doing? Uh, I, I haven't put anything up yet. Okay. I've got a backlog of piece. Of actual plays? Okay. Are they just audio? Uh, okay. Yeah, no, those are going to be long. And so, like, if you're, if you're, you, I would look at Libsyn or maybe one of the other specialized podcast hosts. 
Yeah. Um, and I mean, you're using Libsyn yeah, we're right yeah we're using Libsyn for our uh, for a panel discussion show, and that's similar to Podbean in that um, uh, in that they depending on the rate that they'll give you um, they they actually have a monthly upload limit that you can that you can do, but they have unlimited storage space. So we're on a basic plan because we're it's just a it's an hour long discussion show that we do once a month. So. Um, we so we have like a limit of like 150 megabytes or something like that, and then that resets at the first of the month for every month. Um, and then Libsyn, um, I think it's that's like one of the oldest names in specialized They're podcasting services. Too. Like yeah. you can start with a cheap plan, and then if you get yeah, more if popular, you, oh. you can. And then they also upgrade. they also do things like if you want to have a custom domain name, then you can tack that on and just like you can redirect. It depends on yeah. how, like web hosting, by the way, and web. Site admin and stuff is a black hole of knowledge That's a and couple time different panels and energy yeah. and hope. And this is where hope goes to die. Like yeah. it's it's uh, you have to do it, but God, is it fucking annoying? Yeah. Uh, uh, and so. just to toss another name out there, if you're for whenever you look into uh, getting a host, yeah. uh, I hear Amazon S3 is well. That's good. super expensive, though. Is it? Is okay. it? Yeah. Uh, um, I did well, not know yeah. Because you're basically just getting overflow from Amazon servers that they use for Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, one more question uh, over there. Yeah. I actually was just curious. I'm doing uh, like versions of short stories for companies through audiobooks on contract, and they're paying a small amount. Is it possible to create a Patreon for something I'm also being paid for? Would that be considered? Like- okay, the question is I'm doing audiobooks for a company for short stories. Is it also possible to do a Patreon? Uh, to be that, paid to do that, you really need to talk to the company. Like, yeah, yeah. That's you, I assume I you co- signed a contract with this company, right? Did you sign a contract? Yes. Yeah. Look at your contract. Talk to your employer. Definitely don't do it without their approval, because like that's a good way yeah. to uh, be sued. A lot uh, of a lot of companies have exclusivity things, saying that as long as you're doing this work, you will work exclusively for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but some places, yeah. some places will give you. Like yeah, it, it all depends on your contract. Like some it, some companies will allow you to you know sell the personal stuff that you've made, but some places say that's all of our I, that's all our IP now. We own yeah. that. So, yeah, um, so it, it really depends. I, in general, probably not if they're because what are because if you're if the patrons are getting it from you, if the the story's from you, then the company's not making those sales. So like yeah. Okay, well then, what are the patrons getting from it by backing from? If the, if you're not, what are you offering to the patrons? Like, are they, you're already getting paid for it, so they don't feel no one feels a need to support your work. Yeah, and then you're, they're not getting anything exclusive from it. So, what's the motivation? So you, I would maybe if you're good doing that already though, like maybe look at public domain stories and offer to do fan read, or re- readings. Yeah, of that. Uh, like, and even if you more can't, stuff on your own. Yeah, and like, even if you can't get paid for these stories, it sounds like these are the kinds of things that you'd want to like let people know you've done. Like yeah. uh, even if if they're not worth uh, monetary value, they might be worth like reputation. You can yeah. be like, "Hey, I narrated this for a thing, and I got paid for it because people like to know that you got paid." There's also yeah. the possibility, and again, review your contract, make sure that this is fine. If it's being given away for free, if it's on a monthly schedule, the thing your Patreon could do, which uh, Ross does for his APs, is something like early access. If people oh, yeah. really, if people really want that right now. They can get it for free later, but they can pay a premium to access it early. Hmm. Yeah, that, yeah. I mean, a lot of the rewards don't have to make like total financial sense there. Again, because it's a, then it's a little bit of column A and column B in terms of like why they're backing. Yeah, they're getting all the benefits if they back at twenty five dollars a level a month, but 
it's also because they really support what you're doing. So like you can add a little of that sort of like goodwill into the price. Um, uh, before yeah, before we go, um, one thing also, Patreon has an inf- referral system. So if any of you guys want more advice later on, uh, we get our ca- cards yeah. and email us or contact us, and we'd be happy to set you help you set up and be a referral for us. Everybody wins. Yay! Uh, but Yay. if you want more sunglasses or please take uh, them, please take them. Uh, <laughs> And uh, that kind of, is this room used for a thing? Okay, it is. There is a thing coming. Uh, so thank you all. Thank very you, much. everybody. Thank go you. Patreon. Go Patreon. Thank you so much for your yeah. support on Patreon. Yes, please come up. Take our cards. Thank you. Take sunglasses, please.